welcome back to The World is Noisy, God Whispers, the podcast. I am your host, Julia Monin, and author of the book, The World is Noisy, God Whispers. This is the 19th episode of our podcast. This is the podcast for September of 2019. Summer is coming to an end. Fall is coming here. And I have to be honest, fall is one of my favorite seasons. I love fall weather. And it seems to have started a little bit early in my neck of the woods where I'm from. And so I'm so grateful for that. It's a beautiful, crisp, cool day outside today. And it's just gorgeous. And I'm happy to be here. Today is is going to be a fun podcast. I am... I, I think it'll be fun anyway, because most of the podcast today is going to be me um, making fun of myself. So I hope that you will laugh with me as we go through the podcast today. What we're going to talk about today is just this, this idea of, of what we do when we don't know things that we should really know. Like, and I, throughout my entire like journey of faith here, there are certain things that I just, I should have known and I being raised in the church and being being brought up and going to CCD my whole life and coming from a, a Catholic home where where we did pray, I, there are certain things that I just should have known that I didn't. And today I'm going to disclose some of those with you. And I hope you will laugh with me as I'm laughing at myself. Um, I'm not picking on myself. This is just the reality of the situation. And and I really I just want today to just have some fun and let's let's poke fun at me as we're doing that. Okay. So before we dive into the nitty gritty and I actually share with you these things that um, really I. Should should have known before a few years ago, these things that I've learned along the way, um, let's go ahead and put ourselves in the presence of God. And instead of opening with prayer with scripture today, what I want to open with is a quote. And this is a quote that I list in in my book um, with reflection number 36. The reflection is called Simple Minds, but it's a quote from St. Thomas Aquinas. And it reads, to one who has faith, no explanation is necessary. To one without faith, no explanation is possible. Let me read that again. To one who has faith, no explanation is necessary. To one without faith, no explanation is possible. I will read to you towards the end of the podcast today the reflection that goes with that quote. That I ended the the reflection with that quote, and, and I'll read it to you, that reflection. But those are just something for us to sit to sit by. What does that mean? To one who has faith, no explanation is necessary. To one without faith, no explanation is possible. You see, faith is a big part of this, and, and there's so so much of us. And, and don't get me wrong, the mind is a beautiful gift, and certainly science has its role, and science should should come to an agreement. God has given us science. There's anything wrong with study and with, with looking at things and through through a scientific microscope and it should help us come in it should connect with faith they shouldn't be separated do you understand that like when we when we are when we have scientific minds and we're seeking proof and we're seeking truths then it should coexist with what we know and believe as as faith-filled christians and what we believe about god our creator does that kind of make sense so, so the two shouldn't be disconnected. They should always be connected. And anyway, so this idea that faith is a huge part of this, though, that to the faith-filled person, perhaps we don't necessarily need scientific reasoning to back up this. We just, we just, there's a part of us that just believes. And that to the person who is solely focused with, with proof and, and science and scientific research then, and has no ounce of faith in their heart, then it doesn't matter what they discover. They'll always find a way to talk themselves out of 
out of the faith, out of the uh, what it means to truly be Christian and to believe. So, you know, God is so much bigger than us, and, and, and he is a mystery in so many ways, and so many things are a mystery, and they're meant to remain a mystery. But so many things aren't a mystery, and this is what we're getting to today. So many things can be defined, and defined quite easily, actually. And this is what we're going to chat about, is just my stupidity in this process of faith, in this process of learning. And you've heard my story before, I'm sure. You know, I am a cradle Catholic. I was born in the faith. I I did, my parents did what we were supposed to do as practicing Catholic. We were at mass every weekend. We I went through CCD. These are these are concepts that I'm certain I was taught. They, they're, they're phrases that I'm certain I have been hearing my whole life. But it wasn't until after my conversion when I really started to dive into learning what the faith taught us and, and praying and reading scripture every day and, and praying the, you know, with the, the um, prayers that go with the liturgy and paying attention more at mass, that all of a sudden there were certain words that kept jumping out at me. And I realized quite humbly and quite humorously that I don't know what these things mean. And I should probably know what these things mean. People keep saying these words over and over again. I keep hearing them in prayers. I keep reading them in scripture. I keep hearing people them come up in conversation. Why, why, don't, why don't I know what these things mean? And so one of the things, I'm going to start out with perhaps the one I'm least embarrassed about, okay? One of these words that I'm least embarrassed about is the word countenance. Is that a word that sounds familiar to you? Something that you've heard perhaps, especially in prayer, um, and in prayers of the church, yes, prayers during the mass, um, but in prayers perhaps that you're reading from certain saints or prayers of, our, of, of uh, you know, just traditional prayers, you might hear that word countenance, C-O-U-N-T-E-N-A-N-C-E. And I can remember hearing that word in, over and over again and praying with that word over and over again and going, I'm, and, you know, and trying to use context clues to figure out what exactly does that mean. And after just getting to the point where I realized I don't know what that means and swallowing my pride a little bit and pulling out my dictionary.com app and typing in the word, I realized countenance means one's appearance especially the look or expression on the face. We hear this a lot in scripture where, we're, where we read the word countenance and it's talking about God, the way that God would look at us or, or a glowing countenance or a sad countenance or a peaceful countenance. So this is the appearance of one face. And I'll tell you, I'm least embarrassed about not knowing that one because that's not like a word that's in the, the normal, at least not in my vocabulary. So I wasn't, I wasn't as embarrassed to have to look that one up. So anyway, again, this is meant to be a fun podcast. You're allowed to laugh at me. If this is like a word that you know, and you're like, how, how, how could you not have known that? Well, trust me, it's about to get worse, what I'm about to just keep disclosing to you. Okay, the next word on my list that I want to talk to you about today, and again, I'm going from like least embarrassed to most embarrassed by not knowing, okay? So countenance was the first one. Um, along the way, also exhortation, to exhort, exhortation. We hear this a lot of times when we're reading like the second reading, St. Paul's um, letters, his, what, what we have in scripture from St. Paul is often an exhortation where we read that, that he's exhorting us. And I can remember hearing that word over and over again, again, trying to use context clues to figure out what that meant. And then just going, I, I don't, I don't know what that means. I have no idea what that means. And so I pulled out again, my dictionary.com app. I typed in the word exhort or exhortation. And what you, what you come to understand what that means is to give urgent advice, recommendations, or warnings. So an exhortation is is somebody cautioning us. Hey, pay attention to this. Be warned. This is what to look out for. Doesn't that make sense? Once you actually look up what the meaning of words mean. <laughs> Again, laugh with me, please. This is meant to be a fun podcast today. 
Laugh with me. Okay. So exhortation to give urgent advice. So countenance was something I didn't know. Exhortation was something I didn't know. And now we're getting into the last two I'm going to talk about today, which are more embarrassing to me to actually admit to you that I didn't know the meaning of. So the next one, the, my, my second most embarrassing is the word sanctification or sanctify. You hear this word all the time. Once you start seriously taking your your growth in Christ, your journey with Christ seriously, and you start doing some spiritual reading and praying and praying with scripture and, and reading very smart, holy people who have um, theology degrees and read their takes on scripture, you hear this word all the time, sanctification, sanctify. And this is I am being very honest with you. I kept reading that word and kept going, I don't know what that means. And again, trying to use context clues to figure it out, reading it, hearing it over and over again and going, what does that actually mean? So once again, I pull out my dictionary.com app. I type in the word sanctify or sanctification, and I come to realize that sanctification, sanctify means to make holy, (laughs) right? To purify or free from sin. It's this process of growing in holiness. And of course, we believe as Catholics that each of us is called to this. Each of us is called to be a saint. Each of us is called to grow in holiness. And so this is what that process is called. Sanctification. We're sanctified. We're, we're made holy. It's this process of growing in holiness. Does that make sense? Are you laughing with me yet? Like, are you like, oh my gosh, how could you not have known this? Gosh, I'm laughing at myself still. And I haven't even got to the most embarrassing one yet. Okay, here it comes. This is the most embarrassing one. I'm nervous about sharing this with you because it's just, I should have known. I should have known what this word meant. We hear it all the time, especially we will hear this during Advent and Christmas season. This word just gets played over and over and over again. And we hear it over and over and over again. And I'm being so honest with you and I hope you will laugh with me. But I, I had no idea what this word meant. And I kept hearing it. And again, this would have been probably during one of the Advent seasons during this process, during this this time post-conversion when I was eagerly striving to grow in my faith and understand it more. And this word kept coming up over and over again. And I, I realized, oh my gosh, I should know what that word means, but I really don't know what that means. What does that mean? And I'm trying to use context clues and I still can't figure it out. And finally, I the Lord humbled me enough to say, just look it up right? Because I was too embarrassed to ask anybody what that meant. So just look it up, right? Okay, so I pull out my phone again, and I get out my dictionary.com app, and I type in the word, and the word I'm telling you about that I'm so embarrassed to disclose that I did not know the meaning of just a few years ago is the word incarnation. Anybody with me? (laughs) Or are you just like, whoa, mind blown, like you should have known what that meant? Incarnation. You hear it all the time, especially during um, the liturgy, during during the Advent and Christmas season. We hear this word over and over again, the incarnation of Christ, the incarnation, the incarnation. And I, I same thing. What is that? I should know what that is. How do I not know what that is? And my friends, the incarnation is something we should all know. The incarnation is the doctrine that teaches us that God became man. This is this is what we this is what we use to describe that that God became man in the person of Jesus Christ. Right? The incarnation of Christ. This this process that happened where God became man. Oh my I mean there's silence here because I'm shaking my head at my own stupidity. That how could I not know that? Like that's a big part of what we believe as Christians, if not the big part of what we believe as Christians. And and of course I I believed that. I always believed that. 
And, and as a young person, that's, that was the belief I was raised in. But as an adult, I took, took ownership of that belief and totally believed that and still totally believe that, right? That God became man for us. And now he's truly God and truly man in this person of Jesus Christ. But I never would have been able to tell you that's called the incarnation. Like that just word wasn't in my vocabulary. And so there were four words from least embarrassing for me to admit to you to most embarrassing. And by the way, there are more than four. These are just the four that kept coming up in prayer as I was preparing for this podcast. So from least embarrassing to admit to most embarrassing to admit, one countenance, which of course is the, the appearance, especially on your face, two exhortation, which means to advise, to warn, okay? St. Paul gives us a lot of exhortations, a lot, he exhorts us a lot, okay? And then we have the third, or the, the second to least most embarrassing, sanctification, sanctify to make holy. And then the one I just disclosed to you, the real killer of them all, right? The most embarrassing of them all, the incarnation, this is God becoming man in the person of Jesus Christ. Okay. All right. So are you laughing yet? Like, are you like realizing that I have an incredibly simple mind and that I'm kind of a perhaps dingbat in many ways? Like, and that, you know, I, I, I don't know. I hope you're laughing because this is meant to be funny. And and perhaps even some of you are with me and these are words that you didn't understand. And, and now I just blew your mind by saying, oh, yeah, I've been wondering my whole life what that meant. And perhaps you can learn with me then as I learned. And and if not, perhaps there's other words in your own in your own life that you keep reading, that you keep praying with, that you keep hearing prayed at mass or in the liturgy. And you're going, I don't know what that means. And this is my opportunity to you. This is my invitation to you to look it up. <laughs> And to say, if it's too embarrassing to admit to your neighbor or to your friend that you don't know what that means, guess what? You don't even have to admit it. Just pull out your phone, go online, pull out the dictionary, and type it in and figure out what it means, right? And this is how we grow. This is how we we grow in our understanding is first we have to admit that we don't know. Like that's the first step in growing in our understanding is to admit to say, I don't actually know what this means, okay? So this is perhaps um, not the meatiest podcast today. And like I said at the beginning, this is really just meant to be just to be fun. And and if you can have fun poking fun at my stupidity, then I'm all game. Okay. I'm not, I'm not opposed to that. And like I promised, I do want to go ahead and close with the re- this reflection I, I brought up in, in the introduction and that quote from St. Thomas Aquinas, which again read, to one who has faith, no explanation is necessary. To one without faith, no explanation is possible. This is the reflection, which is reflection number 30, uh, 36 found on page 64 of my book. It's called Simple Minds. And there's something else embarrassing that I did not know that I admit in this reflection. And that is why I want to share it with you today. I am realizing many things, my Lord, many things that are filling me with deep gratitude and great joy. For starters, I think there was a part of me that falsely believed I would never be good enough to do your work because I would never be smart enough. Oh, but I'm realizing that one doesn't have to be a highly educated scholar to be your faithful disciple. Yes, I know this is not a requirement because I'm always amazed at how much I don't know. In all honesty, it's actually shocking to me how simple-minded I really am. I remember, for example, being at my parents' house last year when it finally dawned on me who Peter was. I asked my dad, Dad, is Peter, you know Peter, the rock of the church, Peter, the one who holds the keys to the kingdom of heaven, the same Peter who denied Jesus three times? Yes, he replied in a slow, drawn-out way, making it clear that he was trying to be loving and understanding, but also clear that he was astonished by the fact that I was unaware of this. Well, needless to say, my mind was blown. 
on a side note, I too was shocked. I mean, how had I never put that together before? In any event, that's just one story of many. Yeah, as if I needed any more proof of my elementary understanding of things, you, my lord, reminded me again of my simple-mindedness here recently when after watching a video about how scientists are discovering that the earth and human race are somehow quote-unquote special in terms of the universe, I reacted by wondering, is this seriously news to some people? I mean, of course the earth and the human race are special. All you need to understand that is a little faith, right? After all, God didn't become a planet or a star or a plant or an animal or even an angel. No, he became man. And if that's not proof that out of all creation, human beings have some special favor in his eyes, then I don't know what is. (laughs) Oh, yes, it's true. Very true. You, my God, have given me a simple mind. I guess it's always been relatively easy for me to see the simplicity behind all the complexity. Even so, I know that doesn't mean I'm ignorant. I know that doesn't mean I'm naive. I know that doesn't mean I don't understand. Yes, I know. I know because in you, Lord, I believe. I know because in you, Lord, I find meaning. I know because in you, Lord, I have purpose. And as long as I remember this, then my life and the universe I live in makes perfect sense. So my friends, that ends that reflection and also is going to bring our podcast to a close for the day as well. And again, I hope that that you laughed with me today. I hope this reminded you that it's okay if you don't know something. It's okay if you don't understand. Even it's even if it's some of the most basic things about our, our faith, even if it's some of the most basic terms, like, like terms like the incarnation or the foundation of what the, the church, the, the first apostle Peter, the first pope, even if you yourself like me didn't put that together, that that Peter that the Lord entrusted this huge responsibility with was the same Peter that denied him three times during his passion. Yes, it's true, my friends. I did not understand that until the year 2013. Okay, so just a few years ago that I I, I didn't I had never put that together before. So if you like me can relate to anything, then just know that it's okay. It's okay not to know, and this encourages us to to find the answers. It's good to ask questions. Okay, it's good to ask questions. It's good to go find the answers, and this is how we grow in our knowledge of ourselves and of our great God who created us. Okay, so thanks again for being with me today. If you want to stay in touch with me in between podcasts, please go to my website, theworldisnoisy.com. You can sign up to receive my uh, weekly blogs. You can see these podcasts or listen to these podcasts. And of course, you can reach out to me and contact me. You can also follow me on Facebook at Julia Monin Author. I would love to hear from you. So so find me and, and contact me. And know that between now and the next month's podcast, I will be praying for all of you listeners in a special way. And I humbly ask that you do the same, that you keep me in your prayers. And now let's go ahead and close in prayer with the prayer that ends that reflection that I just read to you. This prayer is found on page 65 of my book. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Bless those whom you have called to work in the field of science, Lord. May their findings prove what faith already knows, that you are God, and that we are created by you and for you. Yes, may science test faith, and may it, in so doing, glorify your holy name. I love you. I thank you. I praise you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Mm-hmm.